Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where I'm joined today uh, all the way from Canada, from Ontario, would you believe, um, a lady called Stephanie Denalco. And Stephanie's going to be talking to us today around something that she calls She Rises From Ashes. So a warm welcome to you, Stephanie. Thank you, Paul. I'm so happy to be here with you. Excellent. So tell us more. She Rises From Ashes. Okay, so... In 2012, that that was really when I first started to open my mind to spirituality. I began uh, partaking in a sacred healing plant medicine ceremony called ayahuasca, and it was it was very beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. It was eye opening. I was really starting to see the world through different eyes, and I was starting to see myself through different eyes. Um, unfortunately, what the issue was is there was really no integration and I didn't have people to to go to for any kind of support. There was, you know, no one no one to really talk to or anything like that. And so while you would stay in that amazing, blissful, awakening state for maybe six, eight weeks or so, it would it would be like the first thing that uh really got me into my headspace if I got upset and it would bring me down and then I didn't know how to get back up there again Mm -hmm. until I took the medicine again and and it was it was a a real cycle and what started it to happen with the events in my life and with my son being sick and he had uh, he had psychosis so he was in the hospital for three months time from drug-induced psychosis so that was really for him that it was it was an awakening moment however because it was with drugs it was there was no filter. There was no, you know, slow and, and easy. There's no integration. It was like you're right there and, you know, everything was too much for him. So mm. with my son like that and my husband's an alcoholic and the way that he would get when he was drinking and my job at the casino was pretty negative based with the players coming in and, and the people that I work with, especially management. So it wasn't... uh well, really, so what happened was I, I hit my rock bottom and and I I was really depressed. I couldn't do anything anymore and my work, they wanted me to take some time off. So I had a couple months off work and I I realized through this, this woman who was a stranger that reached out to me, she had said that I'd been resisting self-love. And with that realization, that really opened a massive doorway to myself and that really started the healing because if I'd been resisting love, then that means that every choice that I ever made was literally for other people. And none of those choices were for, for myself, like through love for myself or any kind of healing or, or even caring really. So it, it all boiled down to that. I forgot how to take care of me and maybe I didn't ever really know how to, how to do that. So that journey with, um, like I did, a, there was a lot of forgiving and a lot of letting go. And previous to that, I, I had never known how to let go. And if people would say it to me, you need to learn how to let that go. It would, to me, that would be like in one ear out the other, because that didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know how to do any of, of that. Right. Can and, I just, sorry to interrupt you, Stephanie, can I just come in at that point and, and sort of take, just take a slight backward step and ask you, sure. when somebody says to you around or brings it to your attention or makes a comment around your, you know, this thing called self-love, because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. I mean, how did you feel then? What, what did that, what did that remotely feel like? See, well, what is this person saying to me? What Can you remember what your reaction was or your I, feeling was? I actually remember 100% completely. And it was so much went, like everything went through my mind in that, in that split second. And what went through my mind was that 
if anyone, uh, I believe anyone other than her, or even if I was in a different state of mind, had said that to me, I wouldn't have believed that. I wouldn't have believed it the day before, or maybe even an hour before. And if anyone else would have asked me, well, do you love yourself? I would have said, absolutely, I love myself. Of course mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. But it that the realization, it I remember how I felt. It it hit me really hard, and and I started to cry, and it was it was so sad having that that understanding. But then out of that sadness came healing. So it was really a beautiful thing. So what was the difference, Stephanie? between you sort of reacting and saying yeah of course i love myself who doesn't almost that flippant sort of reactive response as opposed to as you say starting to cry and understand in an, in a real sort of internal way that oh wow now i do understand this not just on a very sort of superficial level because we can react and defend ourselves yeah of course i do can, mm -hmm. is is that can can you see where i'm coming from with that yes absolutely well what 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 it really felt like was that my ego was not present right mm. and it was you know it my ego would have said no that's not true of course you do but i really at that point i really knew that that i needed help and that i was willing to you know, I asked the universe, I, I need help. And the right people came to me, people that I didn't know who they were or even where they lived. And this woman, she lives in Nevada. And to this day, actually, we, we maintain a friendship. Mm. And, you know, she's she's a 77-year-old, amazing human being. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, to know her as my friend. Was that ego, had it gone for a walk somewhere, Stephanie, because you found yourself suffering vulnerable in that moment in time because you said even an hour before or maybe in an hour later who knows but you'd have mm -hmm. been in that kind of more defensive ego driven what was your sort of awareness at the time around uh, well you wouldn't i don't think you would have been aware of well where's my not, ego not gone because you don't do you it's just not then that's right yes it's looking looking back at this point i really see how you know it's the ego is a really beautiful thing and it, it it gets a hard a hard rap but what what the ego was really trying to do was to keep me safe under any circumstances mm. in any way that it knew how and you know once once you really get to know the ego then you actually realize the ego has the mentality of a child and its fears have the mentality of a child you know and it's it actually becomes a little bit comical and and so you look you look at it from a from a different perspective and even with a more loving perspective i find yeah absolutely yeah so this was all part of the awareness um process that uh, because so if i'm hearing you correctly stephanie you'd ask for help you'd put it out there and if you like laid yourself bare in effect you were starting that letting go that control mm -hmm. that we have from an ego stroke human perspective realizing that that's only going to get you so far it's a great survival mechanism but it's certainly mm -hmm. not a happiness mechanism is yeah. that a fair comment absolutely absolutely mm. it is it, it's you know it, it really like everything with it with with the ego it just it opened a this this massive space of healing that I could and awareness and that's what it really was it was I needed to let go of of all the the judging that I put on myself on all the shame that I put on myself things that that don't even make sense and and just realizing like I was so hard on on myself mm. there was there's there's a story it's pretty interesting I worked well, I, I do work, still work at the at the casino with this woman, and she's always been a workplace bully. And I've been aware over the last couple of years that if there's something that we don't like about a specific person, then they have a trait that is mirroring something inside of us. Yeah. And for the last two years, it was always I could not understand where where that was coming from because. I had never been a bully. It's I'm not even capable of being a bully, so I, I could not understand that. And then I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine in Tennessee when I was there for the shamanism training, and we were we were just talking, and all these insights were just coming out and coming out. And quite suddenly, I realized it was a literal mirror of the way that that she bullies. So it was me internalizing 
that I was bullying myself internally. And that was what, that was the reflection. And well, it, it felt good actually knowing that because it's, you know, like I was saying, I don't bully people. <laughs> and that's what I thought that meant. And it was that, that's not true. I don't understand this. And but when I realized that myself, that that's how I treat myself, it was, that was pretty hard to take too, you know, cause it's, we don't understand this and just looking the way that I treat everybody else in such a loving mothering way. But how is it that I can't give that to myself and just when I'm more aware of that and that really that that's the whole key word is being aware. So even now, if like I, I still talk to myself and in a not good way sometimes, but when I become aware of it, that's when I can stop and that's going down the road that's going to happen less and less. Absolutely. It's about learning to catch it, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. when we have those uh, in a spiritual world as a spiritual being, but we have those human challenges because that's what we are, human beings. Um, mm -hmm. for, um, I believe that the trick is, is to catch those. You know, we, we do get embroiled in um, anger, frustration, and the ego kicks in and all this kind of stuff that's that's called being a human being. But what I've learned to do is, is, and I like your analogy of the little child. It's okay. That that that's my that's little Paul, and he doesn't really know that he's only a little child, um, and he doesn't know that 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 much anyway. But he just wants to be reassured because he he's got a good heart, but he mm -hmm. doesn't know much. And so you know, big Paul, stroke higher self, has to has to look after him. So as part of that understanding, Stephanie. It's around learning to catch it before we stay with little Paul or little Stephanie far too long, and then mm -hmm. we become embroiled in a downward in a, uh, a downward spiral, don't we? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. So from so continue your story then, um, Stephanie. So, uh, we, we've kind of gone on a little bit of a detour okay, here, but yeah, no, no problem. So. Okay, so then this this was last last spring. So when I started letting go, and it was it was such a beautiful thing that started happening. Like once once I started to open to my own self love, then what happened was was I opened to the universe and I I opened to God, and that was something that I had never really done before. Like I I always wanted to, but I didn't really know know how to make that to make that connection, to have that relationship. And I was really like looking back, so many of my thoughts were just all ego-based and I did not know how to live in my heart. So everything, I, I intellectualized like everything about my life to figure everything out and, and really how exhausting is that? <laughs> that is so exhausting, mm -hmm. you know, looking that, that there's a different way that, that you can live and you really don't have to, you know, live like that. And um, so what, what I had done, and so I had prayed because I didn't know how to forgive my husband. It was, it was too much and like too much over, over all the years, you know, like just a lot of promises and broken and, and hurtful words. So I asked and I asked the universe to, to help me and to even show me how, and that's what I asked. And what started happening was I started going into visions and this started happening before I went to bed and it was very healing. Like, so when I, when I was going through this forgiveness process with, with my husband, what happened was I would literally see inside of my body, like these bubbles that were coming up from my heart and then moving and making its way out of my throat. Like I was seeing this, I was feeling this. And I actually had a thought and my thought was, I have an appointment tomorrow and this might take days, days and days of this. And, but that, that wasn't the case. And, and when everything was coming out, there was this, I was making this beautiful sound. It was a cry and it wasn't, it didn't sound like how I cried or a sound that I'd ever made. And, and just as fast as it came, it was, it was finished and I was giggling and laughing and it felt just so amazing to you know to let all of that go and and to forgive and one thing that started happening the more that I started forgiving letting go I lost all this weight like this weight just fell off literally it just fell off of my body like all this extra weight that I carried like since 2001 
you know, and, and it just, it, it was amazing. And, um, and one, one really interesting thing that actually started happening was when I started to see orbs and, and everything, and it, it's, it's almost like that was a gift, you know, like moving into more of a spiritual space and that I was gifted to be able to see things that I'd never seen before and started to like feel the energy of crystals and I started seeing my own energy. And so what happened was I was in this beautiful place that I could not hold my space. Like who could I talk to about all this stuff? It was, people would think that, that I'd lost my mind, you know, really mm. that I'd gone crazy. Mm. And there was this one man in my life, a friend of mine, his name is Daryl and he wouldn't mind me talking about this. And, uh, so what happened with Daryl, Daryl's also, he's an alcoholic and he's the type of alcoholic that if he quits drinking, he can actually die. And I'd never seen that before in my life. So what happened when in this period of time, when I couldn't talk to anybody, I couldn't even talk to my husband, I couldn't talk to my parents. So this man that's a severe alcoholic, he stopped drinking and he just stopped drinking just like that. And he found his faith with me and every day he would come over for a coffee we would sit outside in the sunshine listen to the birds and we would talk and he would hold this space for me as I was you know floating above the ground that I couldn't even be in my own body kind of thing mm. and so this this happened for two months that that he was in this space with me and then what happened was once they, once I was able to hold my own space and to be confident with with everything and not feel like I was crazy with all of this amazing beautiful stuff happening to me then at that point he went right back into his addiction exactly the way he was with not having any comprehension whatsoever how could he have been there and now all of a sudden he's there mm. it was just like like a gift for for me really that that's really what it is and you know, and I would love for him to get back to that space again, but that's that's all about when he's ready for that to happen, if he would ever be ready for that to happen, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that that can be one of the hardest things, can't it, from a, uh, when you're involved in a close relationship, an intimate partnership, about when, when we talk about those three powerful mm -hmm. and immortal words, let it go, to let go of that person, that marriage, that relationship, that dynamic, that emotion... But the reality is, isn't it? We're not actually responsible for that person. No, we're not. We're not. Not at all. And it's, I actually, I saw this poster on Facebook the other day and it said something to the effect that true love is when you love your, it, it had the word lover. True love is when you love your lover more than you love yourself. And I was like, what and and i just wrote you know this this is so sad to see this and and the people that believe this and i was saying like do you understand that this is actually like abuse mentality that abusers tell their their victims that this is how you should feel you're supposed to love me more than you love yourself you're never supposed yeah. to try to help yourself or empower yourself in any way so for me to actually have read something like that and seen all the comments like, yes, I love this. It was like, oh, you know, where, like what, what state is the mentality of, of our societal system? You know, and I, as much as I'm not sure in the East, but I know here in the Western culture, it's, there's, there's so much work to do. But the one thing that I see is how many people are actually starting to empower themselves and to look at things from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I know when we, we had a conversation earlier on, um, Stephanie, off air about this, this movement, this revolution, this, 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 this wave that's emerging mm -hmm. throughout the world. And there is, you know, I get asked this question daily now, Paul, is that, you know, you speak to a lot of people, are things different? And I said, well, you know, I've got to be careful about just sort of saying me, I and myself because that could be misconstrued as being very ego-based and opinionated and subjective. But based on the conversations and, and, and comments I'm having from countless people, there's, there is definitely some change in the air, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. 
Yeah. Yes. You know, I, what I believe is happening is people like leaders are really starting to find their way and people that perhaps never wanted to lead never would have had that, that thought to lead. But Mm. these, these amazing people that, that went through such trauma, they're, they're special, you know, because they've, they've gone through everything and they're, and they're waking themselves up in the process and they're, they're being open to, to love. And so when you have someone that, um, that just was always subjected to so much hate and to so much violence. And when that person can rise up and they're still like their heart is pure with love for other people, for themselves. And then, you know, like what I really see is that other people will start to see this behavior and how they conduct themselves in the world. And, you know, maybe little seeds get planted here and there. And, you know, while you can't really help someone that doesn't want to help themselves, but, you can still conduct yourself in the way that you act and you don't have to be reactive. And, you know, cause I, I used to be quite reactive before and I was always defending my ideas, but seeing how other people that, that were like, I'll use the, the word like higher than myself, like people just more evolved, more awake. And for me watching these people, it really showed me how things could be. And I really didn't know because, we only know what we know and we only know what we see. We know what we experience. And so if our parents, you know, acted volatile and, and later in the workplace, I mean, it's, it's not like you see this all over the place. You can have a workplace of 400 people, but you look how they conduct themselves and, and you just shake your head and you go, how's this even possible that a human being can treat another human being like this, you know, and in front of everybody and that this is okay. And it, and so it, it's when, when you just, when you find a different way. And so you, these people, they're going to be going into certain workplaces, into the governments and everything's going to be changing. Like look at Miriam Williamson, for, for instance, in the United States. It's when I learned about her, it, my jaw dropped to the floor and I couldn't believe it that there's this awakened human being and she's running for president. Yeah. Like how amazing is that? How amazing is that? When particularly when you look at the sort of present um, administration, I mean, I'm not casting any judgment or opinion one way or the other, but obviously I speak to a, a lot of our cousins in America and Canada and I, I hear things and people have got strong opinions as they have, you know, around all political issues. And we've certainly got that in the UK with this uh, Brexit scenario. Um, but, you know, obviously sort of this is not a political conversation per se, but that's a very interesting one with Marion Will- Williamson. Yeah. I just want to take you back to something you said, um, Stephanie, around this see to believe, because isn't it true that we are led to believe there are two options? We either see to believe or we believe to see. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts around those? Um, I think initially I had to see, to believe, to have faith, but now I really see things differently. And there's, there's a saying, it was by uh, St. Augustine and and I really hope that I get it right, but it's something that faith is to believe that which cannot be seen and the and the reward is to see what you believe okay the reason i ask that is because i actually dispel both Mm -hmm. whether it's see to believe or believe to see because i think there's almost a hierarchy there the way i i think about this and so the 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 sort of basic level that we start out on is we need to see something show us as children show me we learn by watching people we we Mm -hmm. take on these cues about behavior body language all this stuff's going around and that's how we learn so we're seeing things and we're Mm -hmm. hearing things and then that becomes our truth doesn't it that becomes our belief that that is Mm -hmm. the way things are um you know i was brought up and you know uh very strong big boys don't cry Boys should never, ever, ever cry, let alone men. Because if you cry as a boy, you'll cry as a man. And that's absolutely not acceptable. 
So I grew up with that as a belief. So when we go up to the next level and flip that on its head, Stephanie, believe to see, then I think we're starting to go into the re- what you've just spoke about there, the realms, the realms of faith. Because how can you believe something if you haven't seen it without faith? You need that, there's that kind of leap, isn't there? That leap of faith. Yeah. Think, oh, okay, I haven't seen it. So how do I know? Well, I just know. That's all. I yes. just know. Yes. Trust, trust in the knowing. Yes. And it, it's almost like a, a whole different sense because you don't have to see it. You don't have to hear it. You don't have to feel it. It's, it's a new, it's a new sense that it's our intuition really. Mm. And the more that, that we're starting to believe in ourselves and to have an understand, and that's the thing, it's having an understanding of just how powerful we are. We are so powerful. Like right now, there's there's this movement for manifestation. People are teaching you how to manifest. Buy this. I'm going to teach you how. Buy this. Buy this. And on and on. And and the whole truth of the matter is, is that's almost another lie too, because guess what? We've been manifesting our entire lives. Yeah just don't know how to to get the good things and it's this this is something that through learning myself but what i really want to to help other people do you know and and looking looking back on i don't when i say have i'm I'm not talking about physical things i'm talking about have like what i have in my heart what i have in my mind and looking to how i personally manifested everything is pretty pretty amazing you know like i this job at the casino that I was talking about it, it was a really hard place to be. It was so negative and I was getting angry, you know, angry watching what I would perceive as injustices in the workplace. I just didn't stop. And I, and I felt for me that I needed to, I needed to save everybody, you know, and I needed to take action to, to change this entire workplace because this isn't right. And I literally did that. I, I was on the health and safety committee. I was on, uh, I was a union steward and, you know, president of the, of tips and it just went on and on. But really what happened to me with bringing so much on is I got sick. I got really sick and mm-hmm. I, you know, with the autoimmune um, virus and it, it's like, we can't, we can't just take so much on and, and, really like so what ended up happening to me was you know my bones started shifting out of place and then I had time off work so it's literally like I manifested all that happening I did not know how to get out of my workplace in a healthy way because I actually thought that I couldn't you know because the money was good because I had benefits because I had children that I had to care for Mm -hmm. and I just I did not see a way out and now I, I I'm really feeling the just let it go. Just let it all go. And that's, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, with, with the volunteer work that I've been doing for the last year with, you know, energy work with people like all around the world and, and doing the belief work coaching that I've been doing, I just, I really feel that I could just lean, lean back and really start doing this. Like, I don't want to use the word business because I don't know, but I, because to me, like how you were saying with your radio program, it's a movement. And to me, that's what I'm doing too. So I don't like saying it like a business, you know, even though I would make money at it, I just want to live. I don't need to live in a palace or anything else like that, but I just, I want to help people. Mm. Sorry, I kind of went off there a little bit and I'm just, I'm, I'm so passionate about, (laughs) about helping people, empowering people, people, everywhere and just and it doesn't matter where I go I could be at a grocery store and just listen to a conversation there was a girl talking about her boyfriend and and the way that he talks to her and treats her and I just and I felt like it was okay for me to just have a quick couple of sentences that you know life doesn't have to be that way and just move on you know it was just a seed and Mm -hmm. sometimes when we're in that mentality and especially being young and with our friends we, we think that everyone has to believe the exact same thing. And so your friends are going to say, oh, poor you, instead mm-hmm. of saying, look at this beautiful opportunity to leave this situation. Yeah. You know? And planting that seed, Stephanie, um, nicely leads leads in, I think, to this, this third level when we went, you know, when we started off on the sea to believe, the believe to see, because... For me, the belief to see is kind of a mini human faith. 
but the real top of the the apex if you like is when we we do buy into the faith that external source that external power not what we buy into it because mm-hmm. i think it takes over we don't buy into it. it's not a sort of oh well let me see if this is okay for me and uh, it's not like sort of going to the local supermarket and trying a different brand of milk oh yeah that's fine i'll i'll, I'll stick with that that's okay <laughs> it's not like that is it so the the ultimate one for me is to understand that beliefs they're just fallacies they're, they're, they're not real there's something yeah. it's a stepping stone at any one given moment in time that takes us to along our, our progression path our path of awareness our path of consciousness call it what you will so for me all beliefs are false yes it's exactly and you know that that what you're just saying it really takes me into the idea what i'm seeing everywhere as a society and i'll just use this as an example so right now it's all over the internet with uh with a solar flare and i know i was saying that to you before so and people every day people are buying into this idea that okay so we're having this solar flare so it's going to cause you to not feel good and to sleep less and to be cranky and on and on. So you have these people that believe the leader, so the leader of the group or, or whatever that it is, the radio station, the news. And so you have the, the person that you trust. Yeah. And so all these people under that person that they trust, they believe anything that that person says mm. until such time that they don't. Right. And so they take that idea and they run with it. But why and and here's the the thing that I was saying to my friend yesterday. It's like because she said, "Well, they're they're trying to to help people." Okay, but where did the idea come from? It came from an idea. At what point did it come from? How did they know that to be true? Did did they just think it to be true? Did someone tell them? Did the universe tell them? Mm-hmm. How could they possibly know that? It's just an idea, and they're bringing validation into into how they feel based on different things. You know, like if you're if your outside thoughts of the world aren't that good, well, the way that you feel inside is going to reflect outside. So would that just not be the case, you know, and why not have these empowering ideas? Like you're going to wake up, you're going to be a little bit smarter than you were the day before. You're going to start learning better. You're, you're going to, you know, your body is going to start to heal. You're going to find yourself in blissful times throughout the day that you're just going to start giggling away and not know why. And it's going to be fine. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? It's I'm like, absolutely. it's so, so high. It's so high. And it's, and when we're believing into anything fear-based, and this is my conclusion is that anything fear-based is not true. Mm. It's, it's not possible to be true because we live on a planet where we have free will. Every single thing on this planet has free will. All the animals do, they can fly this way, fly that way, you know, and same thing with us. So if that's true, that we have free will, then how would that even make sense to have a fear-based reality? That if you do this, this is what's going to happen, or it, like it just, it's, it's a complete paradox to me. I'm just making a note there, Stephanie, about um, when you were speaking there, what came to me is, and I've, I, I did a blog about this, and, and I love this example. The fear-based part of who we are, my character had a name. And it was Shufflefoot. Ah, because he shuffled his feet and he looked down and he was always the victim and you haven't got a problem like I've got and you don't understand <laughs> and, oh, I need a drink. And that was my life for many years and it's yeah. always somebody else's fault. Uh, why Why does this always happen to me? Why? Yeah. And this, yeah. this hamster's wheel going round and round and like a dog chasing its tail, round and round and round. It's like, and... And then the more I understood about um, my journey, my, my emergence, if you like, was one of the things, I mean, there's been many things, but one of them is the use of language, the story that we tell ourselves. And it's only a story. So I'll still tell my story from suffering, but it's a story. It's nothing more. It's got, I could, I could creatively add a bit on. It doesn't matter because it's past. The key thing is yeah. the learning's been taken from it. Yes. And we move on. So there's this constant sort of awareness now between poor old shuffle foot. Oh, how will I ever cope? Versus Superman. Da, da, da. 
Yeah. We, yeah. And they're both stories. But why don't you choose Superman or Superwoman? Because one will serve you and the other one won't. Well, because unfortunately, and it's even the one that won't serve us, it even does serve us at a certain part of our lives. Because at that point in time, even, you know, myself looking back with my own behavior that, you know, I was so angry with things. Well, it was a validation. I had Mm. a reason to be angry, you know, and but I wanted to come up from that. But you can see there's so many people that they they can't do it. It's too hard. Who would they be without it? They're 70 years old now. This has been their story for 50 years of mm-hmm. their life. They are miserable. They're in a lot of pain. They don't know, nor do they even believe that there is another option. Like my mother is one of, one of these people. I could say something, only one sentence, one sentence, maybe two, to have to offer a different idea and when she hears me say that she'll start yelling right away it's too much for her she cannot accept Mm -hmm. that there is any other way because then that would show that she did this to herself for all these years that she was the cause of all her own misery instead of what she believes that other people are the cause of her misery because that's just not the case because you know going back to manifesting that we manifest everything everything that that we have you know, because if you're always looking at people saying, well, this, this person's not nice, that person's not nice, look at how they treat people. But when that's your focus, that's all you're going to see. But what if you changed your focus, that you're going to find the, the beauty and everything, then all of a sudden you're seeing, wow, look at that, that poor homeless person just did something so nice for that for that other person. And it doesn't, there doesn't have to be levels of, of humanity you know, we're, we're all equal, every single one of us. And it doesn't matter if one person thinks that that's not true. It, it is true. We're, we're all the same and we're all equal. It doesn't matter what color skin you have. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It's, we're all unique and we all have something to offer the world once we start to lose our programming and really open. It's every one of us has something to offer. It's, it's beautiful. Definitely, definitely. And my mind was kind of... Uh, meandering a, a, a touch there, Stephanie, about this this whole concept of, of who we actually are and, you know, this connection that we have. The fact that we're not aware of it doesn't make it not true because obviously, exactly. like we've said before, we don't know what we don't know. But when just listening there to you speak around the example of your mother, um, when when you look at Robin's model of the six human needs, and, and I've certainly you know, uh, along my journey, scrutinize this to the nth degree. And my shuffle foot, I mean, straight away, my four basic human needs of certainty, drink was my certainty, negativity was my certainty, victimhood was my certainty. Uh, The uncertainty that I got was when I was drinking, I didn't know whether I was going to fight or sing, Um, what kinds of, you know, where it would take me because I was really, really, you know, drinking heavily over many years. The significance it gave me, the attention seeking, particularly when I got myself in a fight. um, And that was just a masquerade for the insecurity and the vulnerability and the pain I was feeling. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. I would never get into conflict with a female because I didn't see them ever as a threat. I saw all females as loving matriarchs. So I'd created this belief system um, that, you know, all women are beautiful with a heart. All men are dangerous. So fight them. Get in first. Kill or be killed. Win at all costs. And this very, very black and white survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just going over Robin, to Robbins's fourth uh, basic human need of, between love and connection. That was very polarized for me. I would love the women in my life. But the connection with the guys, it was drinking. Don't get too close to me. This guy said to me once, he said, you're a really close pal to me. He said, guys, you're like a brother. And he was like speaking really emotional. And I just belted the crap out of him because I couldn't cope with it. I mean, this was donkeys years ago. So, But I just could not cope with that. Hang on, I, cannot, I can't get connected to a guy because sooner or later he'll turn on me. So I've got to get in first and all this crazy way of thinking. See, but you know what the thing is, like when, when we're looking at our behavior going back, the way that, that we behave, there it, it served us, it, it served a purpose, mm. you know? And so when we're looking back at our behavior, it's so important 
not to judge and to really to look to look at ourselves like um i'll just i'll, I'll use this as an example so this one woman that i was working with so she had a the way that she was talking to herself so negatively all the time, all the time, you know, you're, you're horrible, you're ugly, you're everything. So what I said to her was, what I want you to do is to, you know, put yourself in a room. There's this little girl, she's maybe three or four. She's looking in the mirror. She's saying these horrible things to herself and you're standing there. Could you please just tell me how, how you feel, what thoughts are going through your mind? And she's like, well, that's horrible no, you, you can't think like that. And so I said, well, ha start having this conversation with her. And, and I said, I, I want to hear you, you speak. And so she would say like, honey, you're, you're so beautiful. Like you can't, you can't talk to yourself like that. And, and it's not right. And, and, you know, and just, just being just very loving and maternal. And so at that point I said to her, well, could you tell me why it is that, that you can't be like that to yourself? And at that moment, that's when she actually understood that wow i i could be like that but i'm not and you just don't know you know and a lot of the times when we're we're young we start and if we don't understand like our mother is treating us like this why is she treating us like this there has to be something wrong with me there's something wrong with me what is it mm -hmm. and so you start to grow up thinking that you know maybe you deserve this or and then when you start acting out and it's there's a reason why we do everything that we do but then there's also a point in time where we reach a certain maturity and responsibility where we understand that these things happen to us and it had nothing to do with us. We are not responsible for that at the time. But now as adults, we are responsible for our behavior. We're responsible for going back and, and you know, for, for letting go, for giving ourselves for treating us that way, especially, you know, when people didn't understand why I said you have to forgive yourself. And if they're saying, well, I'm the victim, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, but you held it in. You decided to hold that in and basically holding yourself prisoner for all that time. You know, so you still have to forgive yourself. You didn't know any better, but this is still what you did. Absolutely. And I think, and, and, I, and I mentioned this kind of consistently, Stephanie, through, through guest conversations and because I'm absolutely, and you can say it's part of my belief system, but when we look at life and, and people might ask a simple question, well, how can we improve then? And, as, and you know, for me, I'll just I'll try and make it very simple by saying life. Life can be as simple as A, B and C. And for me, the A is the awareness, the starting point. So what do you know? What do you accept? Even if it's really bad and toxic and that it's a starting point. You have mm -hmm. to start somewhere. So draw that line in the sand. Right. That's it. You know, I am useless. I hate me. This, that. Okay, that's fine. Let's draw that line in the sand. Now we know where we're going to start from. We're starting from that point. The B is the beliefs that we have. Where do those beliefs come from? They're all false, wherever they are. So let's strip those plasters off, those labels yeah. that we've been given over yeah. the years and those plasters that we've stuck on ourselves because somewhere, either consciously or con subconsciously, somebody's told us we're, we're useless, we're fat, we're thin, we're good, we're bad, whatever. Label, 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 label. And of course, the more we go through life, the more entrenched these beliefs come. And I liken that, um, Stephanie, to a, an airplane ready to take off. If it's half a degree off-centre, by the time it's gone 100 miles, 1,000 miles, 10, it's got to end up in a completely different place than what, it's, what it should have done. And I think mm -hmm. that's a great metaphor for our lives. And so the C, this is the yeah. really what yeah. we're talking about here, is the creativity. So if all this stuff, all these labels, all these plasters that we've been with, why is my life so painful? If everything that is, is supposed to be so good... You know, oh, I'm going to get a new sort of six-bedroomed house. I'm going to get five cars on the driveway. I'm going to get a, a Rolex watch at a quarter of a million pound, whatever. If all this stuff that we're led to believe is the way to do it, why am I so miserable? And it's the creativity of stepping outside those mm. tried, so-called tried and tested ways of being and trying new ways in, and letting the mind be creative. Because for me, this is my best friend. It's not my, mm. it's not my master, but it's my best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that that's, that that's bringing to mind and how we were talking about manifesting earlier is that, okay, so I'll just 
I'll give you a, a scenario. And this, this is something that, that I remember back from myself. And it's, you know, going back in time when I was younger, well, what do we want when, when we're younger? We actually want drama. We love drama. We want to find out all this drama, you know, and so when we're young, and if there is no drama, if there's peace and quiet, and that's what people that are older that they finally start to want is peace and quiet. But when we're young, it's why would I want that? That's boring. Mm. right? That's boring. And so we start to manifest drama in our life. But the thing is, is that we've never become aware. Well, first of all, we've never become aware that we are manifestors, right? The other thing is, we didn't become aware that we can manifest wonderful, exciting things. They don't have to be on the negative basis, Mm -hmm. dramatic to be fun and exciting. We can actually, you know, have something else that's fun and exciting. That's our previous conversation that that I was, you know, telling you about my husband, because when we had split up in January, it was under the premise that that he would not drink anymore. And that knowing that me personally, I just cannot be with someone that's an active addict. If they're an addict, but it's not active, well, that's, that's a completely different thing. And so that was the first time that I made that promise to myself is that if he did that, I cannot stay. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when, when I found out when I was in the, the training that he'd been drinking, and it was, I was in the thought process, what am I going to say this time? What am I going to say this time? And then it was, no, you made a promise to yourself. It's not about what you're going to say anymore. You said that you're not going to do this. And then at that point, it was, wow, you know, because my word is my word. And it was, everything came in such succession. It was, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to leave, you know, and I'm going to leave with nothing really to fall back on. But this beautiful work I've been doing for the last year, just volunteering only without, you know, getting any money because I didn't, well, I I really, I wanted to gain the experience, you know, and I didn't feel like I could charge anything for what I was doing. But it's not just that. I actually loved doing it. I loved doing it. And what what I found with myself is that if I did get too much in my head with my own personal problems, And then when that happened, I was not in the space to be able to help these other people because I can only do this with people if I'm of the highest integrity with myself. So I can only help people if I'm at 100%. And just becoming aware of that. So for me, it's this cycle of helping other people, helping myself, helping myself, helping other people. It's literally the exact same thing and if you want to draw an infinity sign that that's how it would be helping me helping other people other people helping me and just and just on and on and you know when I really I'm not worried about my future I know that everything is going to be okay I could sell this house and move move somewhere in the world and really you can move anywhere like what what really holds us back and you can say well, a visa. Okay. Well, there, there's there's ways around everything. We don't have to look at everything as black and white. We can be creative on how we look at things and start to challenge different ideas, you know, and start to work with other people of the same kind of thinking all around the world to start to make these changes. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one thing that, that was really amazing, like just amazing that I started to see was how many other women are in the exact same position as me they're leaving their lives, they're, you know, they're leaving their jobs. And then if you have one person's dream to have, a, let's say, a, a healing retreat, well, that's one person. But let's say that you have 10 women, or people, it doesn't matter, men, women, it really doesn't matter. And they have this idea, well, 10 people of all the different 10, they have all different, you know, modalities of healing, one works with animals, one does yoga, one does meditation, one does energy work. And so you have this this beautiful community and that's that's what I see what's going to happen with my life and it's 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 just stripping away the idea of me me I'm doing this this is mine that's that's not mine that's yours and just getting rid of all that and having ours we are working together instead of I and me absolutely yeah so Stephanie we've had a we've had a fascinating journey I believe um I always ask this question of guests right at the end of every episode. And it's a big question. It's always a big question, but it's always the same question. If you had 
30 seconds to import one piece of it. I mean, no doubt you've got loads of different pieces, but one all important piece of advice to leave to the world, what would it be? I would have to say that it's about choosing conscious awareness. It's a choice. And so I think that all of those three words mean something a little bit differently when they're not together, but when you put it together, because if you want to change at first, it has to be, it's a, a thought. So that's part of your consciousness, but then you have a, a choice to, to start doing that. And, and it could just be as simple as, as what I said last year, that I set the intention for all the people, not of my highest good to fall out of my life. And for the people that could help me that I can help them to come into my life. And that is literally what, what happened. And it all happened because I made a conscious choice to choose awareness in my life. Wow, that would definitely get my vote because it's A, is obviously the first part of the ABC model. Um, and not because it's some fancy model, because I think it's uh, it has been transformational. And I've certainly used that approach with clients and seen transformational results. What's interesting for me, uh, and I hope the listeners agree with this, that at the top of this conversation, um, I introduced Stephanie around her title of She Rises From Ashes. And I think it's fair to say, listeners, that Stephanie has definitely rose from the ashes. But I just I just want to leave it here. And it's unusual for me to to sort of have the last word because I leave that with a guess. But you've just said something there, Stephanie. And I don't please I don't want an answer. But I just want to plant this with you because um, this is very unusual. But that great title that you come up with, she rises from ashes, maybe just maybe the inspirational story and the insights that you've shared are more reflective of choose conscious awareness just a thought and i'm going to leave it there listeners so so till next time take care be safe and keep loving hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success